This is Carl Hughes with Town Square Media, your host for Issues and Answers. Issues and Answers is a public affairs program for Western Colorado. Residents and members of our community tell us what concerns they have, and from that feedback, we identify significant issues to include in our weekly program. My guest today is Roy McLaughlin with Abelite, which is a PASA, P-A-S-A, a provider-approved service agency, and they work with individuals that have intellectual and developmental disabilities. You'll also hear that abbreviated IDD. Today, we're going to be discussing Abelite. They're new to our community, the help and services that they're able to provide. Find out a lot more about everything to do with IDD residents in the area and what Abelite is doing to help. So, Roy, welcome to Issues and Answers. Thank you. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. What is your life path that brought you to your involvement with Abelite? Well, I started my career out working for the state of Colorado. Um, I started working in the Department of Corrections. Working in corrections, there's a lot of people who have unfortunately wound up um, in the prison system who have developmental disabilities and struggle with mental health issues, and they really probably should not be in our prison system. But I was drawn to those kinds of people and helping them. So in 2008, actually, I transferred to the Division of Youth Services, DYC, um, and again got some exposure to some people who were duly diagnosed, and I really sort of fell in love with them. So in 2017, there was an opportunity to go to work at the regional center, and I worked for them from 2017 up until this year, and then Able Light was coming to town, and a friend of mine who actually works for Homeward Bound told me about them looking for uh, an area director to build up Able Light in our community and recommended that I apply, and they took a chance with me, and here I am. Now, Able Light itself is an organization. Where is it based out of, and what states is it currently working in? So Abelite um, was established over 100 years ago. They were originally called Bethesda. January of this year, they changed their name to Abelite. They started out in Wisconsin. They currently operate in 14 different states. Uh, I don't know all of them off the top of my head, but Colorado, um, Oregon, California, Missouri, of course, Wisconsin, um, Kansas. Now, under the Bethesda name, you haven't been operating here in western Colorado, so whether it would have been Bethesda before the name change or now Abelite with the name change, that's the first time now that you've been in this area. Is that correct? Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about the population that Abelite really is involved with and serves. Individuals dealing with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And for those of us that have been in Grand Junction for any length of time, we know the regional center and the population that it serves. We're probably familiar with group homes that are in the community. But the name intellectual and developmental disabilities, are those really two separate things? Or, you know, is there a comorbidity or a, a, an overlap between those two? Tell us a little bit about this, I guess, for lack of a better word, title or descriptor of intellectual and developmental disabilities. What are the differences and what are the similarities? A developmental disability is like cerebral palsy. It's something that someone is born with, and it makes it so that there's 
challenges for their day-to-day life. An intellectual disability is, a lot of people think autism is an intellectual disability, but it really it isn't. So that was interesting what you just said about autism. It certainly is a recognized and an ever-increasingly recognized condition, but it's kind of on its own spectrum, separate from intellectual and developmental disabilities. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. So there's also like Down syndrome, fetal alcohol syndrome. All of those things sort of fall within that IDD umbrella. For those, again, I mentioned that have been in Grand Junction for any length of time, or if you've ever driven down D Road you'll pass what remains of the Grand Junction Regional Center. It was set up to deal with individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities, and they were housed there in a campus-like setting. That slowly has evolved into group homes. Is that that pretty much what happened to the population from the regional center? Yeah, most of the people that were in the regional center and are still supported in the regional center are in group homes. It's a decentralized, more community-based setting because they're just members of our community like you or me or, or anybody else, and they deserve to be in the community. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Before coming on the air, we visited a little bit about caregiving from nursing homes to individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And the changes that have occurred both in the care that we give and the attitude that we have for people that we're caring for in the last 30 or 40 years, it's not a 180 degrees difference. It's gone through like three complete revolutions, it feels like. We have a lot more compassion and a lot more individual care focus, don't we? Yes. Yeah. We find that all of us need some form of consistency, and we all feel like we need to be active part in our own life. And when you deinstitutionalize things and you decentralize things, people begin to thrive better. And what we have found, particularly here at Able Light, is the host home and the family caregiver model is, is a much better, more consistent way for people to get the care that they need and the support that they need to be as independent as possible. And one of the things that I think I've noticed, and you by being in this industry will be able to tell me for sure, individuals dealing with these issues of intellectual and developmental disabilities It's my impression that uh, a consistent, repeatable routine, a consistent lifestyle that would be afforded in a host home or, you know, living at home with family, that's got to be the most beneficial for those individuals, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I wouldn't necessarily say that they're, they're dealing with their disability. They are, it's just who they are. And they just want to be able to live their life just like anybody else does. And that's a lot harder to do when you're in an institution or when you're in a setting that's very staff intensive. It's a lot easier to be who you are and, and live your life if you're in a home and if you're, if you're out in the, in the community. And those were the sort of the steps that our culture has started to take. Just amazingly positive for those individuals. Yeah, exactly. Well, and thank you for the slight course correction on dealing with. At one point, I was almost to write when I was getting ready for this, you know, suffering from. 
because that nomenclature has been around for a long time, right. and it truly does not describe what's going on, does it? Yeah, no. Uh-uh. There's a big push. I was part of it at the regional center. It's called person-centered thinking, and and it's a lot of it does have to do with language. Words are very important, and they're very powerful. Um, working in the radio industry, you know how incredibly powerful words are, and so telling someone that they're struggling with just being who they are, I mean, that's very demeaning. Yeah, there's not a one among us that would appreciate having anybody come up and say, oh, it's got to be tough to be you. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gratefully, that's part of the transition that I think we're in. Now, there was a report in 2019 that kind of rated all the states on their care of this group of individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities And in 2019, Colorado ranked 27th among states in efforts to serve these individuals. That is a little sad, and hopefully that's improving. What do you see in the landscape as far as our care? You've talked about moving from an institutional model like the regional center to a group home and now really out into individual host homes. Do you see this as improving? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure it all relates back to the regular routines, the more feeling of belonging where in an institution you're, you feel like you're, well, I don't want to use the word warehouse, but at some point in our history, that's kind of what we did mm-hmm. with people with intellectual or developmental disabilities. And the model of being in a home, even if it's a host home, to that individual, it's got to feel like home and that's got to be a much more positive environment for them to, to live in. Yeah, absolutely. We get much better outcomes for people when they're in a home environment where they feel loved and they feel cared for and they feel like they're an active part in their own decision making and they're learning skills and being helped and supported to be independent and to live the kind of life that they want to lead, not have things dictated to them. Again, historically, we tended to negate whatever that emotion or level of thought process was for an individual like this, and we made all their decisions for them. It's got to be empowering and give some of that power back to them to put them in a setting where they have more options and choices, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And and a lot of that stems from a difficulty with communication. When you don't have the ability to dictate your own life and you don't have or the way that you communicate your frustrations isn't landing with your audience, of course you're going to act out. Any of us would. And so what a lot of people would dismiss even in the industry as just behavioral issues really was an attempt at communicating that I'm not happy. This isn't working for me. I want to do something else. So when you eliminate a lot of those barriers for people and you really start focusing on, well, what can I do to support this person to lead the life that they want to live? Those behavioral issues tend to, and I use air quotes with that, tend to start to diminish quite a bit because the person is beginning to feel heard. Their life is starting to become more fulfilled and they start to thrive. Well, and I would think in a host home, you have the consistency of the same set of caregivers day in and day out versus an institutional setting right? or a group home setting, even where you have shifts of people in and out and the staffing changes and that consistency 
for most of us, it would be an imposition at the very least and kind of an overwhelming burden. So I, I've got to believe that that host home model really speaks to helping reduce behavioral issues because of that consistency that a, a single set of caregivers gives. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, consistency is is a super key factor. If if you're someone who struggles to communicate your needs and you've built a rapport with a particular person and that person knows how you're communicating and they can see sort of the subtle things that you do and then that person leaves and someone else comes and steps in, a new staff member, well, your frustration is renewed, right? So if you have just one person the whole time, or maybe a couple, you know, two people the whole time, and they approach things the same way, and you've learned to communicate with one another, then a lot of those issues sort of melt away. You may not be able to answer this. The individuals with IDD, intellectual and developmental disabilities, are they individuals that are now, I don't want to say institutionalized, but not living in a family home, their own family home for the first time? Or were they out into, you know, government or group care from a younger age likely? Or is there such a thing as a typical situation or model that a person has had to be through? Um, I don't think there is a typical situation. I know that there were people um, at the regional center that I worked with and supported who had literally been there their whole life. When they were younger, back in the day, the, the regional center cared for all ages, and they would just be dropped off at the doorstep. And God bless the people at the regional center doing their best to support them. Uh, then there's there's other people. I met with a young man just the other day who's lived with his mom the whole time. So I, I wouldn't say that there's anything that's typical. They are just as um, diverse and varied as, as the rest of the population. Your experience, you talk about the host home, and obviously for all of the reasons that we've spoken about, the consistency of care and the ability to understand subtle signals and things like that where verbalization is not as, you know, or correct verbalization is not always a, a viable option. Is a host home more preferable in a group home or is there really depends on the individual who's receiving the care. What is the distinction there? And is there a, a better model? Yeah, it's it's completely up to the person and the level of support that they need. There's definitely some people that thrive better in sort of a group home model. But the vast majority seem to work better in host homes and, and family caregivers. Ebolite as an organization here in Colorado has completely gone away from the group home model. We only serve people in host homes and family caregiver situations. And some people that have their own apartments. We actually have apartments in the eastern slope where they are completely independent and they just have someone that checks in on them, you know, every uh, couple of hours or every couple of days, depending upon the level of supports that they need. And again, I just can't help but marvel and be grateful for the change in my lifetime for how we choose to care for and care about these individuals. So it, it just warms my heart. For those that might be joining us, my name is Carl Hughes. With Townsquare Media, you're listening to Issues and Answers. 
Today, we're visiting with Roy McLaughlin with Abelite, an agency that helps with individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities, or IDD, um, helps support families in host homes. And we're discussing both about that wonderful population of those people with IDD and what's being done in our community now in Grand Junction, both with existing services and what Abelite is bringing into the area. So let's continue on. The group home itself is obviously the living setting. And for a lot of us, you know, our home is our island. It's our safe place where we go back to. And I would assume that's got to be the same for any individual, including those with intellectual or developmental disabilities. But other resources out in the community, things that can be accessed by this person, what can you tell us about what else beyond what Abelite is able to do is available in the community? So right now, as far as AbleLite is concerned, we are just actively recruiting host home providers and family caregivers um, to sign on with our agency. Uh, At some point, we'd like to bring other services. Thankfully, at least in Grand Junction, there's quite a few resources in this area. Um, Some of the other communities around don't necessarily have as many, like uh, Delta doesn't have a lot of day programming options, but Grand Junction does. So there's, there's employment support. There's community connection support. There's what's called day program where people can go and learn skills and and work and have income. Um, There's educational supports. Not in Colorado, but Abelite has a college in Wisconsin. Just a lot of things that are available. Now, as you were talking about that and what's available here in Grand Junction and in Mesa County compared to some of the outlying counties that aren't as big a population center as Grand Junction. I wonder if part of our ability to have these additional services were the fact that we also were the host city for the regional center and we understood care for these individuals and what as that care evolved, what that involved and that maybe that's why we're able to have more to offer than a smaller community. Is that that's probably a wild guess or a good idea? Yeah, no, that's that's probably fairly accurate. You talked about over in the Eastern Slope and, you know, as your growth in this community and Abelite's growth in this community goes on, you know, it's hard to say exactly where everything will end up. You talked about individuals that were functioning at a level that they could live independently. Mm -hmm. But even those in group homes, you talked about the resources in the community included working and earning a wage. A person, just because they have intellectual or developmental disabilities, it absolutely does not preclude forms of work and the ability to go out and be proud of earning a wage and doing work for money and doing a great job. And I think that's something that's also changed a lot over the years. Yeah. But that's true, this population, isn't it? Yeah. Um, actually, Colorado, uh, you were talking about how we were 27th in that study in 2019. Um, well, now when it comes to employment, Colorado has an office of employment first. And, and we are actually the ones that are sort of pioneering that. And there are other states coming to Colorado to look at what we're doing when it comes to employment and are modeling their supports and services around what Colorado does. Part of that is vocational training. Part of it is education. You talked about the colleges that Abelite has back in Wisconsin. All of us can learn. And, you know, whether it's learning cooking skills or learning new behaviors or learning job skills or educational things, 
we absolutely can't assume that anyone with intellectual or developmental disabilities is incapable of any kind of learning or education, can we? Yeah, no, absolutely not. It's it's really about learning how the person learns and breaking it down into digestible steps for them. When I was at the regional center, that was one of my primary roles was actually writing learning programs for the residential setting so that people could learn how to take care of their own cooking and their own cleaning and their own being able to give themselves their own medications because that's very empowering and something that really helps with independence. You'd be surprised how many um, and how quickly people learn once you learn yourself how to teach them. And that's one of the great parts of the host home and the family caregiver model is if you only have one person helping to teach and support that person, then the way in which it's being done is very, 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 very consistent. And so they're, they themselves don't have to learn how to communicate with their teachers and what their teachers are trying to do. Right. And I would assume that one-on-one caregiver model the person giving the care over a, hopefully even a short period of time learns the learning style yeah. of the person that they're working with and, and the best way to approach a situation or to explain a procedure or anything like that. Absolutely. They're, they become the expert. Yeah. And so like when I worked at the regional center, when I needed to write a program, I would go to my staff that worked with the people one-on-one on a daily basis and say, okay, how do I do this for him? How do I set this up so that they, she can learn it? What steps do I need to break it down? Um, because they are the experts. And that's one of the neat things about Ableite. It's one of the things that I was drawn up to Ableite is something that sets them different from other service providers in my experience is that they believe in supporting the whole person and they believe that the provider is as much their client as the person in that provider's home. And so our primary role as an agency is supporting that provider so that that provider can then support the individual. And that's where a lot of breakdown tends to happen. And so providers get all of their training through us. If there's a resource that they need, we find it. And we're a very active part in helping that provider grow as a person and helping that provider grow as a provider. And I think one of the things that we could do right at this point is just restate and reaffirm what the role Ableite has in this process is. You are the ones that are supporting the host home and the providers and overseeing their activities. You're not directly hiring these host homes. No. They are funded through social services and through the state, but you are the oversight group that are really the cheerleaders and the support group behind them, helping them perform what they need to do. Yeah, we we help educate them and support them, give them the resources that they need, and help ensure that they know all of the regulations and that they're following the regulations because there's a bajillion of them. And they'll change by tomorrow. Yes. Kind of along the lane of education, Technology is, you know, I never thought that I'd be the old guy who's getting left behind by technology, but it's finally starting, I think. (laughs) But technology with what we have available in our hands with a a phone or a tablet, the individual who has an intellectual or developmental disability, I've got to think that technology is just a gift that has come along at the right time in their lives. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. There's there's lots of people that I've worked with that have um, communication aids and the ability to use, they used to call them picture exchange communication, but instead of having to carry around a booklet of photographs of everything that you might come up in a conversation, they now have an iPad and they can just click a couple of buttons and it helps communicate for them. The internet has been a huge advent for them being able to research things and see things and understand that there's a better way of life for them and being able to advocate for themselves. Well, I think even as silly as this sounds, even from just an entertainment standpoint to watch a movie or to Mm -hmm. play a fun game from child to adult, all of us, we've got those needs. That's a release for us. It's been a gift that technology has given us. And this population can't be any different that that ability just to have something wonderful, fun to do is right in the, like I say, in the palm of their hands. Absolutely. I I love that you said that because they aren't any different. Like I said earlier, they're just as diverse as any of the rest of us are. And they deserve just as much as any of the rest of us do to have a full, thriving life. And any organization that is able to embrace that attitude, you know, hats off to Ableite and everything that you guys are doing. Coming into the area, I would assume that you're looking for some new host homes. And is it just in Mesa County? No, no, no. So Ableite's been in Colorado for years, but we just made the leap to the Western Slope in May of this year. And like I said, I was lucky enough to be selected to sort of help it grow. Our primary focus is Mesa County, Delta County, Montreux County, and Garfield County, because those are the four counties that are the most populous. But we're approved to do services, and, and I'm sort of overseeing building the entire Western slope a very small job yeah (laughs) sure so if a person is interested in becoming a host home how do they contact ableite or even how do they contact you well if they are just wanting some more information they can visit our website it's simply ablelight.org anybody's welcome to contact me my number is 970-985-9298 or they can email me it's just uh, my first name dot my last name, so Roy R O Y dot McLaughlin M C G L O C H L I N at Abelite dot org. And Abelite is A B L E Able Light, all one word, no spaces, no underscores, just Abelite dot org. Correct. And light L I G H T, not L I T E. It's the the trap I fall into with through and through. <laughs> Several of those out there. Well, I want to thank Roy McLaughlin for coming in with Abelite, telling us about Abelite's mission and what they're going to be doing here in our communities and how wonderful it is that they support and embrace the the home model, the host home model for individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities as a way to continue to provide the best possible life for them and normalize their world so that it's they're just part of our community. So, Roy, I want to thank you again for coming in. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. This has been Issues and Answers from Town Square Media. If you would like to suggest a topic for our weekly program, simply open our station app and hit the app chat feature. And then send us a note about an issue you would like to hear discussed on Issues and Answers. You can also reach us by phone by dialing 970-242-7788. I'm Carl Hughes. Join us next week for another round of Issues and Answers.
with Town Square Media.